0: Good morning. I don't know about you guys, but I have a lot of kids' stories around my house. Anybody ever made the comment, what did I do before kids? I look back on my life, you know, and I've said that, you know, it's, it's almost like a progression. What did I do before I got married? You know, what, what did I do with all that time? And then you get married, Wonder about that, and then you have the first kid that is, I don't know about you guys, but it's extremely difficult changing, growing, uh, schedules being moved. And you say, What did we do before kids? And then you have the second child. <laughs> before we had Logan, one of Katie's cousins said, uh, After we had Evan, and he, those of you who know Evan, you know, low key, you know, just kind of easy going kid. And Katie had a cousin that said, don't have another one. (laughs) He was serious. I I am not regretting that we had Logan. Um, It has been fantastic, but it has been exciting. Uh, We have have a lot of Logan stories. Um, Evan being low-key like he was, you know, he just kind of went with things. You know, you told him you know this was dangerous, and he believed you. Like he had a fear about him. You know, he wasn't he wasn't going to barrel off the hill at the, the Westfall house or anything. You know, but uh, but Logan, you know, and we you know I'm educated enough to know about you know like birth order and things like that, but I'm naive enough to think if I'll only parent them the same. They'll come out, you know, they'll, they'll be the same. I'll have another easygoing, laid-back kid, and, you know, we'll just kind of go with it. You know, the change will just be from, you know, one car seat to two. And, you know, just a little bit more at lunch, whatever that is, Not is. Hasn't been. Uh, while Evan was, was, was just really wasn't that mischievous, Logan is like that apparition that you think you saw out of the corner of your eye. You're not sure. You know, he, he disappears and he's cutting his eyes looking at you. Uh, but a couple months ago, when we moved in our new house, uh, Katie had made something sweet, and Logan is apparently able to like scale cabinets uh, and things like that to get those sweets. And so it's funny, you know, but then we have to take, you know, instead of eating a whole plate of cookies, we got to do something with that. And so Katie started putting those in the microwave like Logan is a cat, you know. It kind of is, but. So the next time she made something, you know, she got laid out on the counter cooling off or whatever. And he looks her square in the eye and he says, "Mama, don't put that in the microwave." <laughs> He's thinking ahead. I don't like that. You know? it's almost three, but it's just, there's a lot going on up here. But but our family probably like a lot of yours. If you ever called your kids by first and middle name, you probably had that done to you as well. Uh, so, so we have Evan Robert and we have Logan James, and they both hear those a lot. Uh, I, I was raised with a first and middle name, so that's, that's common for us, you know, Evan Robert, Logan James. Uh, Evan did something yesterday. I think I got him a cup of water, and he spilled it 0.2 seconds after I handed it to him, and Logan looked at Evan and said, Evan James goes." <laughs> <laughs> it's not even his name, but that's what he gave you you got to throw that James in there. And I just looked at him like, hmm. And so, so we have a lot of stories. But I did. I grew up, I grew up as, uh, as John Roberts. You grew up in, uh, around in you So if I hear you say John Robert, that tells me that we probably go back 19 <laughs> years or more. You know, I kind of dropped that when I went to college. But uh, uh, later on in life, I thought, no, I want that back because that says a lot. You know, my name says a lot. And so uh, sometimes it's John, sometimes John Robert. And I answer about anything. But uh, it's, just a, it's just a lot, you know, that, that your name would say things. But, but for us as Christians, the name we have decided to take on is that of Jesus. And when we sing the song, there's just something about that name. That name says much more about me than, than John Robert, using my middle name, will ever say. Because that name brings power, that name brings peace, that that name brings forgiveness and justice and mercy and all of those things. Uh, One reason I really like the third chapter of Colossians because of this. You know, Paul starts it out in in verse 1 and he says, since then you have been raised with Christ. Since you have trusted in Christ, since you have chosen to use Christ's name, to adopt Christ's name. This is how things should be. And so he not only lists things about you know ourselves, but how we, we interact with each other, and uh, just just a lot of things. We're going to start this morning in verse eight of Colossians three. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these: anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language. Now there's a lot to unpack there. We're not going to do that this morning. I did preach this sermon, a sermon out of Colossians three, uh, a long time ago, and, and at that church somebody came up to me and uh, and jokingly, I hope, said, "Okay, about that filthy language, it doesn't we can't have fun." But that's what you got out of that, you know? Okay. But remember, he's saying, because you have taken on the name of Christ, these are, these are things that uh, should impact you, uh, rid yourself of anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from it. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed, in knowledge in the image of its creator. Verse 11, here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, But Christ is all and is in all. Paul here is is making a point to say, if you have chosen the name of Christ, then we are together. We are equal uh, in stature. It doesn't matter where you, you have come from. It doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter mine. We are all together in the name of Jesus, which that name is powerful enough to bring us to that level. No one is elevated above another. We are. With Christ. Verse 12 Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other, which means put up with each other. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And that and be thankful. This morning we're going to talk about forgiveness. <clears throat> Hopefully you caught that in the midst of all the things Paul was saying. Uh, to forgive, and I'll, I'll flip over that in just a second. There in 13. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Do you need forgiveness from the Lord? Has the Lord forgiven you? Then you should go out and forgive others. Much easier said up here than done. You ever, you ever notice that you know, 50 people can compliment you? It's the same for a sermon. You know, 50 people can compliment you and one person comes up and it's a negative Negative vibe and negative comments, anything like that, that sticks in our mind. The negative thing. Uh, when I was at Harding, I, when we would get sermon evaluations, you know, I would have eight, eight kids who said, Hey, I love the way you did that section. You know, it made sense to me. I like how you drew that out. And you get one that says, I don't have any idea what you were doing right there. So I, I went through those as quickly as I could. Let's ignore that. But the negative things stick in our mind. You know, it's, with forgiving, with forgiveness, I believe it's a remembering issue. Because with, with forgiveness, I refuse to forget what you did to me. But on the positive side, I refuse to remember how I can many blessings, naming them one by one. Sing that song? Because we need a song to remind us to remember how God has blessed our lives. Do we sing any songs about how we should forget the way someone's hurt us? How we should remember that? We, we pretty much got that down. We remember those things. But the way in which people harm us Sticks with us, and it can it can become very detrimental, very almost disastrous in your life. That you could you could harbor something, you could harbor a grudge. You've done this before, and it just eats at you. That's all you can think about. Someone did something wrong to me, and I need to make it right. <clears throat> I'm not feeling. get yeah. And so the, the thing sticks with us. It, it eats at us and we continue to lose sight of anything else. How can I make this right? How can I get back at her? How can I get back at him and make him feel what I feel? Paul doesn't give us that option, though, does he? He says again in, in 13, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Remember, take the time to look back at your life and where you've been and the mistakes you've made and remember how awesome God has been to you because you need forgiveness. And thus, as a forgiving uh, person, or a forgiving person God is, you need to also extend forgiveness. Jesus will say in in Luke, in the Sermon on the Mount of Plains, uh, that, you know, if you don't judge, you won't receive judgment. If you, if you forgive, you will receive forgiveness. All these things. And so, uh, those of you here for class this morning, let kind of brought up that it was, there's it was almost a, uh, what this does for me. Selfish thing. That God would say, you need to forgive. Because I forgave you. You want forgiveness? You better learn to forgive. And so hopefully we learn to do that. But I like when I look at something like this, I like to think about okay, well, we're, we're assembling in this place and we are, we're coming together under the name of Christ, but what if we didn't? What if that was not our thing? How do you see not forgiving people? Look at this. The health benefits of forgiveness were not holding a grudge. This is from a Mayo Clinic. I thought it was fascinating. Because the way in which those things kind of boil up and we, we say we need vengeance, we need to uh, make those wrongs right for ourselves. you know, I am the judge, I need to make that right, justice in my sight, and that beats at us and that tears us down, this is what it does to your life. If you will only forgive, you will have healthier relationships. You will have improved mental health, less anxiety, stress, and hostility. I like that one. Oh, I like because when somebody has done something to you, how much do you think about it? How much does that it, it, it just increase your stress or anxiety? Go to Walmart. I hope I don't see her. Heaven <laughs> hmm. forbid that you just cut in front of you? You know, and, uh, anybody ever passed? anybody on the way to church and realize that's a church member and you got to see them? The reason I bring this up is because, you know, we exist in a small group, right? There may be 200 of us here this morning. But we, we are called to be members of one another, as it says in Romans 12. And so that means we have to get along. Bear with one another. Get along. You bring something to the table. Bring it. I bring something to the table. I need to plug in. I need to, I need to be a part of this. And so we need to get along. And so when you're holding, uh, when Sister A is holding a grudge against Sister B, there is stress and anxiety. There is how do I navigate this? There are all these things. Number four, it can even lower your blood pressure. Isn't that fascinating? Fewer symptoms of depression, a stronger immune system, again, love, without all the stress, improved heart health, and improved self esteem. When I'm not dwelling on how much Amy doesn't like me, guess what? My, my self esteem might go up. Or Andrew made a, a look just a minute ago. I'm not sure if he was angry or bored or you know now now worried. But all of these things kind of go into into church life. And, and this is like I said, I pulled this just because this is not churchy right here, is it? But it absolutely uh, affects everything that we do in this room. Everything. I've been a part of of congregations where, uh, you know, things were held on to for years. And heaven forbid that you confess something, because I'm going to put that in my pocket and bring it up when I need to. So thus, I can't share anything, I can't feel like I put that out there, I don't feel like I have support from anyone, and so that that stress, anxiety, all of these things come into play. This week, anybody kept up with the uh, both of John Trotter? you know who that is? Mm-hmm. I know a lot of you have had an opportunity to see some of that on, on Facebook. Uh, both of them was a, a Harding student. I got to hear him at least thing one time. Didn't even know who he we was until, until last September. Uh, both of them was a, uh, a kid out of St. Lucia. Uh, I believe he was an accountant. Uh, but he went to, uh, moved to Dallas after <coughs> After he got his degree, and he uh, lived in an apartment complex, and a police officer uh, got confused, went to the wrong level. All the levels are exactly the same, the same numbers. Uh, you know, changed by one by you know, each floor. Uh, if you're on one floor, it's 1478. If you're on the next floor, it's 1378. And so she came home from a, a night of work and uh, went in the wrong. His, his door had to be like just a jar when so she put her key in and set it open and she thought she was in her apartment and was being attacked she wasn't so she shot and killed him and i was able to follow that because i had a lot of friends that, that actually knew uh, Bo um, very well and everything about him was just a great kid so i followed that they actually the local CBS station there are it live—and so you could watch the entire murder trial. Blow. And uh, it was very emotional. You know, how does somebody walk into a place that's not their own and looks different, but you don't see it? You end up shooting someone. She so got convicted of murder and was given ten years. And, um, a very powerful thing is this. Is Bo's little 18-year-old brother took the stand as a part of, a, like, an impact statement of the family. And he spoke for about four minutes, and he used his time to look uh, look the officer in the eye and say, "You know, I'm not. You already know what you know. You've done the impact you've had on our family." And uh, he said, I don't hold really paraphrase. I don't really hold anything against you." I believe if you are truly repentant, that God will forgive you and that what you need is Jesus. He even went as far to say, I don't even, I don't even, I don't wish you ill. I, I don't even, he said, I'm, I'm not speaking for my face. I don't even wish you to go to, to prison. And he asked the judge at, at the end of it, he says, Can I give her a hug? And I'm surprised but, but she allowed that. And he gave her the very person. Who shot his brother and killed him uh, for no reason other than being confused? He gave her a hug, and that was powerful. I thought about showing it this morning. i thought, like, oh, it's, it's been the same. It's been done, um, but it was powerful. You know, I, we think that we try to think about circumstances and what would I do in certain circumstances? How would I react? And, And my thought was, I don't know if I'm I'm a good enough person to want my life to do that. I hope I am, but I don't know. To to, to look at someone who has taken so much for you and put that out of your mind, and to say, he said, "I love you," like everybody else. I have gotten, as I have grown in my spiritual walk, I have gotten pretty good about um, letting things go. It used to not be. It used to eat me alive, all the a you ask me, you know, every once in a while, I like, oh, you know, situation A, not bother you. Well, if it did, it would eat me alive. So that's the only explanation I have, you know, of trusting Christ and, and understanding that what well, he has called me to, that I am to forgive and and most of us, most of us have not had someone taken in the manner that we saw this week. So what is forgiveness? I was very, very disappointed. I, I've got a lot of resources to look at from my, my Bible software. But the first, uh, first one I pulled up about forgiveness says forgiveness is forgetting the offense. and so I could not disagree uh, more strongly. Now there are ticky tack things that we get angry about and get mad about and get I can't believe Jenny did that to me type things and it's nothing and you should forget. it. But there are things far greater than a lot of the things we deal with and you could never forget it. Uh, Those little brother Grant, there's no way he can forget those things. He could forget it, but he's not. So what is forgiveness? Forgiveness is is choosing to not get vengeance upon that person. I think that's the much better definition. I am releasing my power to, to inflict my own justice. You know, God says if, you know, he will be the judge, he will get that justice. But I am choosing to trust in him to do that. I will not. Giving is not forgetting. I think there are a lot of things we should remember so that we don't repeat that. Um, If you followed any of this on Facebook, it kind of of blew up because, you know, it's such a shareable moment for for Brent to come out and hug this woman who killed his brother. And to say, I love you and I want you to follow Christ and I want you to do all of this. And then Bo's mother stood up And she didn't didn't have the same response to the the media. She called for justice. She called for a cleaning of laundry. For all the injustices, all the corruption that, that happened. And there is absolutely space for both of those statements. That we can have forgiveness, but that forgiveness does not overshadow the justice that needs to happen. That we need to correct injustice, or systematic oppression, or whatever that may be, forgiveness does not wipe those things over. Grant's forgiving of this this woman does not clear the air of all things that may be going on. The best reminder of that was I I had a conversation with somebody about it yesterday evening. Right before I talked to this person, I scrolled through Twitter, and one of the young men lived right across from Bo, who was one of the witnesses in the trial. And called and, you know, he just met Bo that day and heard him, you know, he would hear him singing when he'd go outside, he'd be singing gospel songs and, and things like that. And this young man was kind of nervous to do that, And he, uh, it was made known that he feared, you know, <coughs> someone killing him this way. He lived in that fear. And I believe it did a Friday night or yesterday, this young man was killed in Dallas at his apartment, outside of his apartment. As they reported, a sedan drove by and somebody had shot him in the chest and mouth. This young man that I had just watched this past week uh, get up and be emotional, uh, trying to, to give support, give, give the best account he could of what happened that night, trying to get justice for his neighbor who he'd just met. He doesn't make it another week again. So forgiveness is not overlooking the wrong in a way that we just brush things to the side. Forgiveness is is choosing to step away from that vengeance that you want to take. You know, God, I, I know what you want me to do. I know how you want to inflict pain on this person, so I'll carry that out. That's not what we're called to do. We are called to trust in God to call upon Him to handle all those things. And so as we learn to forgive, and again, many of us uh, live and, and we, we take in things that they seem very important in our lives when they happen, don't they? Even the smallest of things, when you look back on your life, you're like, I can't believe that I was worried about that. Joe Bean has a, has a line that I, that I love. He says, you know, when you get frustrated with someone, when, you, when someone does something to you, ask yourself this, Uh, How much will that matter in five minutes, five months, or five years? And he may use ten minutes, ten months, and ten years. (coughs) Does it actually matter? Because you are called to forgive. You are called to live as a part of the body. To do that, we're going to have to put up with each other. In this verse in Colossians 3, the word used for forgiveness is actually not used that often. It is actually uh, a Greek word that, that's, that talks about grace. Rarely used in, in conjunction with forgiveness. But the idea is forgiveness here, but it's much more than just forgiving. It's extending grace the way I have been extended grace that I can, I can overlook. Because what we do is we say, they deserve it. And you may be right. But the problem is, is that you deserve it, and I deserve it. And God said, "You don't have to take it. I'm going to show you grace. My grace is, is uh, the was talking about is lavished on you. Grace upon grace. But we still have this difficulty, you know, even forgiving ourselves sometimes. Anybody have that issue?" Like, I, I'm a little easier to forgive you, but when it's myself, like, I know that. I was, I was hard on my, my brother growing up. He was, he was the odd child. We, my sister and I were pretty much rule followers. He was kind of the odd duck. And, um, and so, you know, when he would do something, I would be a little harder on him. Because it's the fact of that mentality. You we were all raised the same. You should act the same. You know, all of these things. It's on harm on him, and that's kind of how we treat ourselves. I should have known better. I have maybe I have done that before. I should have known better. And I can't forgive myself. And what you can't do is, is put enough trust in God to realize that He is faithful to do what He said. That God is faithful to remove that thing that is in your life that you can't forgive yourself for because my sins are too great. And in in saying something like that, we limit the power of Christ. We limit the power of what God can do in our life. And I don't want that limited in mine. And so we extend grace. We extend uh, forgiveness to ourselves and hopefully to those around us. Because if it's not that important in 10 minutes or 10 months or 10 years, maybe we ought to let it go. Maybe we'll quit holding on to that thing in the past that somebody did to you or, or the, that you heard somebody did and trying to uh, get them on it and forgive. Just as the Lord forgave each other. I need that forgiveness, do you? I need God to pour out His grace upon me. <clears throat> but I am the sinner saved by the grace of God. I put my trust in Him. Will you trust Him this morning? there's somebody that you need to forgive, that you need to let go of that, I want you to think about that. I, I had a professor one time that uh, he led us in a way, you ever had somebody lead you in a way, it's like, man, I should have thought of that, and now I feel bad because I didn't think of it. He led us in a prayer, and part of that prayer was, God, give them, that person who's, the thorn in your side, that person who can't let go of their fault. If you see them in Walmart, you're going to go down another aisle. God, give them all of the selfish things that I pray for for myself. Uh, Do I have to? God, please give them. Because when we start praying and we start vocalizing those things, our hearts, I believe, become softened. We can power of God is released in you to do those things. It's not something that Ron Moore I love Ron. He says, we, we, we like to work, we like to set our jaw and just do stuff. I believe we ought to set our jaw and say, I'm following Christ, but to, to release Christ, to work in us. Not that it's our power, but in him. And through him, we can forgive. You can get over that thing that you're holding against yourself or someone else. You can learn to love, and if you will start praying for them, if you will start earnestly wanting to forgive them, that will happen. And not only will all of those physical things happen, but your spirit will grow. Your spirit will increase. You will live a life that is more about love. Because we, we sing about, you know, the, the fruits of the spirit. Our kids learn that. Evan learned that. was like two Love, joy, peace, peace, it's goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But it is very hard to see the fruits of the Spirit come out when your insides are eaten by the grudge, by the vengeance that you have held up inside. I don't want people to see that in me. I don't want that to affect my life because when it does, it affects not only my life, but I come home and I'm, I'm mad at Katie and, and I, I affect her life and, and maybe she's mad at the kids because of what I started and what I didn't deal with, what I should have given to God a long time ago. So do you trust? We're going to offer a time of invitation this morning. If there is anything you need, we would ask you to come, and I'd love to pray with you. But I know, was, especially in our small towns, you know, when I moved to Texarkana, I felt like I could blend in. I could, I could give back, and I could go to church and actually Katie and Clint and I went to church together. Didn't know didn't know they existed. And I had gone to, to Fayetteville with Katie. But we were so far apart that I could blend in. But here uh, we are so close that we deal with each other. And, and if we don't get things like this right, it will eat us alive. So put your trust in God this morning. Give those hard, difficult things to him. Who's <laughs>